0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: So we've been talking um, about uh, Super Systemically, um, which has a company focus you can find out more about by linking up to Greg Kaiser at CoastToCoastAM.com in the tonight's guest box. Um, it, there's a book, Dear Machine, but there's also an investment thesis. So I want to pick it up uh, right there. Uh, let me read a little bit of this, um, like, you are. I get, you wrote it, Greg. So you already know what it says. But at it's, it's super systemically, we are much. We are as much focused on our own incremental, continuous improvement in well-being as we are on the contributing to the well-being of other humans and environmental stability. Our investment thesis is thus complex, as it requires us to look internally to find the most effective strategies for improving ourselves, our communities and the greater global community. This is the part I want to get to. Our desire to see permanent solutions requires us to think across disciplines and over long-time horizons, decades rather than months or years. And then we go into a little thing about what those strategies mean. And I was reminded as I read that, that's kind of the premise for a lot of the sort of spookier science fiction. It's sort of like, what could possibly go wrong if we created long-term solutions, and those long-term solutions saw us as the problem.
0: Sure. Where yeah, are you I, with I, that? I think it's uh, I think it's important to, uh, you know, the focus of my investments and the, the firm's investments and the focus of the book, uh, I'm really asking the question, when a superintelligence does emerge, can we increase the likelihood that it... Or multiple it's are focused on uh, human well being and environmental stability under the idea that these are things that everybody wants. Uh, and so all of my, all the investments and all the thinking that has gone into this uh, kind of focus in on, on that particular challenge.
1: Why would the machines need us?
0: Well, I, if you think about you know, that goes, asking the question about superintelligence kind of goes back to. Asking what intelligence actually is, and so,
1: good question. I don't
0: believe that superintelligence can emerge uh, in a box, uh, kind of as an evil entity, but rather uh, emerge from our systems, from uh, all the things that we're doing now on the internet. I see as eventually informing this future super intelligent entity. So, uh, if you think about all the billions of people on Earth right now interacting with Facebook, inter- interacting with all these systems, and shopping online, and banking, and That, all that data, in my opinion, is what's really, is where the superintelligence is going to emerge from. And based on that, I believe that on the whole, these entities will be on the whole good for us because uh, these systems are increasingly reducing inefficiencies in our world, helping us uh, get food better and faster, uh, helping us uh, achieve, uh, you know, get economic uh, opportunities and so forth. So, I believe, on the whole, the, these entities will not be in kind of a position, a, a, an antagonistic position to us, but rather kind of emerge from us and therefore uh, be highly beneficial to us.
1: Uh, okay, but and then you know I'm a Star Trek guy, and and I, I'm also reminded at several points in this conversation already about about the the book Frankenstein, mm-hmm. you know, and the ongoing battle that human beings have. Between the creator and its creation, um, and and at what point is it not? Ha- does it not have to be malevolent? It, our destruction be- could just be completely incidental. Um, yeah, I, mean, that-
0: I think to a, I, I do believe that to a certain degree because there are li- if if this happens the way that I think it will. I mean, I'm just theorizing here. Right. If yeah. It happens the way I think it will. Uh, these entities will find that we do a lot of really stupid things on Earth uh, in the way that we run our, you know, in the ways that we grow food, in the ways that we take care of our health, and the way, all these different things. And that is where the frictions are going to come from as uh, as these entities try to improve life for humanity. Uh, we're, of course, we're going to, you know, we value our freedom. We value all the different uh, Uh, things that we can do that, you know, maybe they are stupid, but we like doing them and that sort of thing. So I think that's where a lot of the frictions are going to come from. People, I think, are going to freak out, to be honest, uh, when that starts happening.
1: I I might, you know. Um, I I mean, I I think this is why in our own fiction that we write about it or have written about it in the past, um, you know, in in Asimov's uh, Three Laws, that the first law is robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Because without a first law, robots could be theoretically or superintelligence of some sort, as you say, it doesn't have to be in a box, it doesn't have to be a machine, um, could determine that we are we, we have become irrelevant. And, and that's where it, it's not even a matter of there's no... There's no malevolence involved. We're just irrelevant. We're as insignificant as, you know, socks on a sunny day. You just, like, take off your sock. You don't spend yeah. a lot of time thinking about it. You just do. So that's why I'm, that, I'm sort of intrigued. I've, well, I've always been intrigued by the, the, the three laws or, or the prime directive from Star Trek or whatever. Sure. Because I think these are things that we often create which are ref, that reflect our own fears of our own vulnerability. And and when you're talking about this kind of super intelligence, I can't even imagine where it could go. I'm not even smart enough to understand the you know the outer edges of that possibility. Do you? And I don't, I'm not saying that with any sarcasm. H- how super intelligent can intelligence get?
0: Yeah, I mean, no, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that the outer edges of that either. Uh, you know, I think the only thing that I can imagine is. Is you know the near term what those first those that first six months or the first month or the first couple of days or whatever when when a superintelligence turns to Earth and says Wow what is w- w- what's been happening here like that things are a mess things we can totally improve everything you know so many things here but then what happens from there I don't know because yeah. uh, you know there's there's conflict there's strife et cetera I do think eventually we'll achieve some sort of some sort of symbiosis with these entities but. I don't see how um, you know there can't be some uh, there can't be a, a pretty enormous amount of strife as as people kind of resist that uh, you know a new world that is more symbiotic with each other and with nature and so forth.
1: So you brought up the symbiosis. Do we think that? How do you imagine uh, uh, the cyborg future? The idea of enhanced physical human beings. Um, in in some sort of symb- symbiotic relationship with a mechanical being.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's inevitable that we'll have connections directly from our brain to uh, the internet and so forth. Where you know, right now we Google something, we have to consume it through our eyes and read it and kind of think about it that way. I think uh, we'll have more direct connections to the internet so that we can just ask a question in our mind and we have an answer instantly. Uh, and that knowledge is just there, uh, so i uh, you know there 's already people developing this type of thing, and they 're in early stages of testing it and so forth i mean i th- I think you know real working prototypes are probably still at least a decade off or maybe two decades off right but I think that 's a reality that will you know there's such a there will be such a economic incentive for us to do that that uh, it 's going to happen
1: we 're talking with Greg Kaiser, what will happen when machines are smarter than humans. Uh, will we need to change everything we know about how we interact with computers and online? Um, so back to the idea of investments. Um, do, can, how can we plan on it, either treating our own investments in, in positive or ways in which we could fight this if we were against it?
0: I would say my, my perspective is that if we want to try to increase the likelihood it's beneficial, we can try to fix a lot of the things about the way we run our world that so that when this super intelligent entity comes you can be like, oh look, we're we're all happy and good. We're being good citizens to each other and to to nature and so forth. So and that's kind of the that's kind of the perspective I take and so the investments uh, that I you know, the investments that I've made and the investments I'm looking into they're not uh, all in technology. I mean, really, the only technology one is blockchains, right? Uh, you're but,
1: yep. and you're gonna have to explain blockchain for some people because I I, I have to all the time, and my son is uh, has a master's degree, you know, studying it for different reasons, and I still find it very confusing. So I don't, I'm not surprised if other people do too. How do you see blockchain playing into this?
0: Well, I I think the main thing is you know we have all this data that uh, corporations have, that governments have, that that we have, uh, that Facebook has, et cetera, all this data about how the world runs it may be, you know, how a turnip gets from Iowa to California. It might be how a pair of shoes gets from uh, from China to uh, New York. But we have all this data about how our world works, and it's in all these different silos and all these different corporate systems and so forth. And so the idea is that, or in my opinion, the most powerful use Potential use of blockchains is uh, for that supply chain stuff to become much more transparent, so that uh, we have a much better sense of the kind of the impact of our actions and where things are coming from, and so forth. uh, So that we're um, uh, and and also uh, transparency about government spending and so forth. So when when uh, subsidies are given to uh, agriculture, when subsidies are given to all these different industries and so forth, what are what are those subsidies? How are they happening? Uh, and put them out kind of so that everything is out in the sunlight and also easy, easy to comprehend and, and so forth. And I think that's the power uh, of blockchains is uh, for transparency across all of our systems.
1: You know, that that concept, the blockchain concept, also means that it is a decentralization of authority and accountants um, so that th- there will be different systems, different accounting systems, um right so that it's not just one central bank for example that's keeping track of a transaction it's yeah, exactly. every even, bank even, at the same time
0: sorry exactly uh, yeah I mean if you think about uh, money and the fact that Bitcoin is now money uh, and uh, and it's competing with US dollar and it's competing with other things and it's a completely different system you know it's a it's code the 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 how it works is Encode it into the software as opposed to being something that uh, you know happens behind the scenes uh, in terms of supply of uh, of the currency and so forth and that that's pretty much uh the same for blockchains in general
1: yeah and so this idea too that the accountability would not be left up to one place is or one proprietary system that the the accountability for say a bitcoin. Would be so uh, diffused around all these different places that it would be impossible to do or you know famous last words, but theoretically impossible to defraud a system because there'd be so many um, uh, observers uh, simultaneously to a, a kind of a tra- to the transactions that happen in a blockchain
0: exactly, and that 's simply before blockchains that type of thing simply wasn 't possible.
1: And this is interesting because a lot of people think of Bitcoin and they go, oh, well, I don't want to put my money in a Bitcoin because all it takes is one hacker. Um, and once that hacker gets into the system, they can deposit my Bitcoins, my theoretical money, into their theoretical bank account. And I'll never know what happened. But that, that actually can't happen. Uh, or at least ha- I believe it's been proven so far that it can't happen um, with blockchain.
0: Exactly. I mean, the the biggest blockchains have not... Uh, have not been hacked. Bitcoin definitely hasn't been hacked. Ethereum has not. The problem is that there's this, uh, you know, you're essentially, your wallet is your uh, private key is a string of numbers. And uh, where you store that wallet uh, can be hackable, but it can't be hacked on a systemic level. In other words, you know, if you look at uh, all the things that happened with Target and so forth, where all these millions of credit cards were stolen, that can't happen. Uh, because you'd have to h- hack into a million computers at the same time to make that happen. So that's because kind of e- each
1: it. one of the computers would have a bit of the information and not all of it. Exactly. Right. That's the interesting thing about blockchain, and that's where the block and the chain comes into it. That that's why you you know here you had the. Inf- Let's. I hate to pick on Target, but let's say that, uh, you know, a Target breach is that it essentially had all of these numbers, all of these credit cards, all of these names, all of these passwords stacked up neatly in a cyber vault somewhere, just waiting for somebody to come by and drill into it and take it out. And they did. Um, and the, so it was just waiting for them, essentially, in piles of well-organized data um, that thieves were able to uh, monetize. Uh, and that's what's not possible with the uh, blockchain. And that's why I think that's interesting when we talk about the possibility of smart machines, though. Is it possible that we could use that same blockchain concept so that not any one machine, well, and again, I'm using the machine sort of in a loose sense, but not any one cyber entity knew everything, that it, was only, it only had part of the story of the picture, so it could never do what, say, you know, a hacker did to get numbers from Target.
0: Exactly, yes, and I believe that will be key to, uh, I, I think it's key, key to superintelligence arising in the first place, but also uh, for increasing the likelihood that they are beneficial.